Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Phil Krause Rebel Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I'm here with Kevin Owens. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's up, man? I'm going to do some ads. Killcliff.com. Survival10 at killcliff.com. Saves you 10%. Go to killcliff.com. I'm drinking a... What is this one? This is the Killcliff Recover, which is the lemon-lime, one of my favorite ones. No sugar, 15 calories, B vitamins, and electrolytes. It's kind of like the energy drink that's not bad for you. It's only all-natural version of that. I like the CBD ones, but George is hoarding them. He hides them. He hides them. He does. He smuggles them. Terrible. Every once in a while, I see him walking around. Where'd you get that? I say, oh, yeah. I bought it at the store. Like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Liar. Um, but also, um, they support the Navy SEAL Foundation. Good people. Killcliff.com. Use Survival 10 to save 10% on checkout. Also, this podcast is sponsored by KCHighlights.com, and that's H-I-L-I-T-E-S. I'm building a rally Porsche. Well, I should say I'm not building it. I'm having Summit to put it together, um, but we're doing a rally Porsche Actually, it's just my personal thing, but I'm going to put on mobility. I'm going to get, let mobility get some play in it. But Casey highlights, I'm thinking about getting a quad pack, which I have the quad lights, but replacing the lights on it with Casey highlights. Have you seen my big go rig truck? It's got Casey lights all over it. Uh, one of my favorite light companies in the world is Casey highlights. They even make handheld EDC lights. Yeah, actually, very clean energy. Like 25 around, bucks. Yeah, 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 very, very nice. Yeah, it's an LED light, too. Yeah. Uh, use Phil Craft, which saves you 10% on checkout at kchighlights.com. Also, Bravo Company Manufacturing. You're a big fan of BCM. Love right? Yeah, BCM. Yeah. John Chang was out at, BC, mm-hmm. uh, at the sawmill this last weekend and had the opportunity to uh, hang out with him and just talk to Paul Buffoni uh, yesterday. BCM is one of my favorite companies in this space. Um, one one of the things that they do uh, that no comp- other companies are really doing and is quality control and limiting the quantity in which they produce because they're producing it right, right? Everything's made in-house. This is an outsourced assembly of just a bunch of pieces from different places. That's why the tolerances, that's why the reliability, durability. If you're going to pay for a carving, mm-hmm. it's BCM from Bravo Company Manufacturing. Also, this podcast is sponsored by TriarchSystems.com, T-R-I-A-R-C Systems.com. That Tri-11, um, one of the best pistols I've ever shot in my life. Um, but man, custom guns, pistol, carbines, rifles, anything you need. Uh, good guys, uh, Chris and uh, Jimmy. Miss those guys. We'll actually see them at DFW at the end of August. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the end of August, we'll be training at, in Dallas. Looking forward to that, man. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked about that. Use Philcraft uh, on checkout and save 5% on any build at tryartsystems.com. And, um, yeah, we use our truck gun, too. You stole my truck. I did. I like that. Because you didn't give me one, so I had to steal it. I know. It's in the RV. I'll steal it back someday. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. So this uh, podcast, we had the opportunity to uh, catch up on tactical review. Uh, We get a little bit of a political discussion on the circumstances that are unfolding in our nation, um, but also give you pro tips on the best way to prepare and to defend your life and the life of your family. Um, man, volatile times, but we have to come up with uh, solutions for volatile times. So we get deep in the weeds. So I hope you guys enjoy. Mr. Kevin Owens. Mr. Michael Gover. Man, um, our world has changed since we did the last Tactical Review podcast. It's, and not for the better. I know. Yeah. Y- you know what I always think about is remember when we were in Colorado and we were sitting at the dinner table mm-hmm. and, and the kind of corona was unfolding uh, unmasking itself, um, and we weren't sure what direction the world was going to go. Unmasking itself, I you like, like that? that? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like I felt the lead up where I was like, "Man, it's." 
having a sense of uncertainty in America. Mm-hmm. We always have that sense in in war. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting in a fire base, you're in Iraq in a shipping container, and you're like, man, this this whole country could fall apart. Mm-hmm. We, our base could be under attack tomorrow. Yeah, And we live that now we in do. a way. We're on the brink, man. We're on the brink. Yeah. And I'm not an alarmist and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but um, it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. And we're going to lay out the way things are looking going forward. Because either way you look at it, it's going to get worse. Um, whether Trump gets reelected or not, each course of action is going to bring some some tough times. To what, 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 well, one, what has gotten us here? I mean, what do you think the source... Because I hear all this noise, and there's a lot of things that have happened, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of convoluted. It's very hard to digest. But... There is a lot of people thinking that this was just a uh, you know a racial injustice movement, and then the violence that we see is just after effects or symptoms of that. But I, when when you weaponize people, that is a deliberate, mm-hmm. strategic, and very calculated way of doing things. It just doesn't manifest itself into what it's do, done now. It, it takes a deliberate plan. Yeah. And, you know, it takes money. Mm-hmm. It takes effort. And it seems like that's what this is. It doesn't seem like it's on accident. It doesn't seem passion, like passion of the people. It seems like a, a movement that's more insurgent than yeah. than what we're seeing on the surface. It, it's a perfect storm that's been brewing for a very, very long time. And it's the, the brainwashing of youth in colleges is a big part of it. You know, when you have college kids coming out saying, you know, communism is the answer. You're fucking stupid, man. You're a dumbass. But they, they, they do a really good job of brainwashing kids. Turn your damn phone off. Dude, what was that? <laughs> I was trying to pull up Marxist stuff. You're and being had, hacked by the FBI. That was weird. Yeah. Um, um, but the, the brainwashing of the, of America's youth is a huge part of it, you know? Um, that's part. There's millions and millions of dollars being pushed into this. This is not an accident. As soon as this triggered off, this was a deliberate effort. And it's all about the election and it's all about Trump. It's all about trying to get rid of Trump. And they'll burn this country to the ground to try and not get Trump uh, four more years. So you have millions of dollars of, of outside money coming in, trying to influence people. You have uh, people who are... Um, Brainwashed in college and and brainwashed by the media, right? You have you have the media just constantly twenty four seven pumping people with garbage and hate and inspiring uh, violence, and then you have weak ass politicians on both sides. I'm mm-hmm. fucking disgusted with the Democratic Party because they they are actively trying to burn America to the ground, and I'm disgusted with the Republican Party because they don't have the balls to stand up to the mob mentality, you know. And then you have all these scared little celebrities trying not to be on the wrong side of this and, and coming out and, and you, you, you support Antifa and Black Lives Matter. You're, you're supporting a racist, uh, divisive organization that is out to, to hurt people and burn shit to the ground if they don't get their way. This is a country of laws. You can't have that. So it's a perfect storm of all those things coming together at the same time. Um, uh, and it, it, it's bad, it, and it's going to get worse. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading a um, a New York Post article um, from June 25th, so not that long ago, 
And it talks about, you know, New York, the New York Post is a, a liberal um, um, organization anyway. And so what I'm saying is this is not framed political. But let me read you verbatim what it says. It says, Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Kohler said in a newly surfaced video from 2015. So this isn't like, hey, when I was a, a, a college kid 30 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, said in a newly surfaced video from 2015 that she and her fellow organizers are trained Marxists, making clear their movement's ideological foundation, according to a report. Kohler's, who's 36, was the protege of Eric Mann, a former agitator of the Weather Underground Domestic Terror Organization. Again, let me repeat that. Kohler's, the founding member, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, was the protege of Eric Mann, former agitator of the Weather Underground Domestic Terror Organization, and spent years absorbing the Marxist-Linist ideology that shaped her worldview. The first thing I think, this is a quote, the first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Myself and Alicia, in particular, are trained organizers, referring to BLM co-founder Alicia Garza. We are trained Marxists. This is, this is in quotations. This is her quote. We are trained Marxists. We are super versed on sort of ideological theories. And I think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many black folk. That's a quote. That's not me saying uh, my opinion. Kohler's added in the interview with Jared Ball uh, of the Real News Network while promoting her book, When They Call You a Terrorist, a Black Lives Matter memoir in 2018. Um, and she described her introduction to her support of the Marxist ideology. So, you know, look, it, 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 in this article, it also expresses its appreciation for the work of the U.S. Communist Party, especially black communists, as well as its support. Uh, it supports the great work of the Black Panther Party, the American Indian Movement, Young Lords, Brown Berets, and the great revolutionary rainbow experiments of the 1970s. And look, man, I get, I get so bogged down because I want movements to be movements of people. Right? I'm all about human beings in our society that are standing up for wrongs in a society, advocating for the right, and then making change. That's what you want in any society, right? That's the freedoms that were allowed through the Constitution of allowing ourselves to be able to speak our minds, our hearts, and then get out in mass and stand for something socially. The problem here is everything founded in Marxism um, and communism is meant in an ideology to destroy the fabric of what we have now in the freedoms of our society. And I do get there is, I don't believe there's systemic racism. I think if you want to talk about systemic racism, it's against white people mm-hmm. more than I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I, and here's the thing. And, you know, if you ask me my race, I wouldn't say I'm white. I would say I'm American, mm-hmm. right? But if you ask me my ethnicity, I would tell you I'm Asian American because I, 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 I take pride in the fact that I'm half Korean. But I also take pride, I have no um, reservations in telling you that I'm half white. My family uh, immigrated here from Norway. I do not, I am not ashamed of that. Um, But I am multicultural. And to see white people kissing the feet of black people to make up for their ancestors' flaws, and, and maybe they lined it out genetically and figured out that they, you know, their, their ancestors were. Uh, racist slave owners, don't care. But but it doesn't matter. Yeah. And 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 the fact that we have this this uh, 
this point in our lives where things have gotten so bad and so divisive, and we're looking for any excuse to destroy what we've worked so hard to build in our country is nauseating. Because Mm -hmm. all these people who are doing what they're doing aren't realizing what they actually have and what the rest of the world looks like and what they really want, which is to be Americans. Mm -hmm. And we have the opportunity here. Mm. Um, When you look at the the total picture, right? One of the things that we're going to talk about is July 4th, Independence Day. And there have been reports of Antifa, who's jumping on the bandwagon, right? BLM, whatever it is of trying to further destroy our country uh, as an excuse because the 4th of July is a, uh, a way for us to remember how free we are getting our independence from the British. What do you think is going to happen? I hope nothing. But I think that uh, there, there's an element out there that want to see the world burn, and they will take every opportunity. But they're cowards. They'll they'll attack uh, innocent people, and they'll try to disrupt uh, parades and stuff like that. And 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 you know try and you see they want the media. They want the 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 attention from the media, so they need violence, right? They, they need violence and break windows and all that. And and look at CNN, MSNBC, ABC, and that's the propaganda wing of the far left. Everything. When you look at a news organization, let let's say you're middle of the road, or if, even let's say you're on the on the left side of politics, you look at a news organization, and it's always, always, always negative to the U.S. or Trump or the administration. There's not one positive side. That should be a, 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 a warning sign for you that this is a propaganda arm, right? So they're always going to take the protesters' side. Um, there have been, like, since George Floyd was killed, there have been a lot of police officers murdered. There have been, I actually, I think I wrote it down, stand by. Um there have been millions and millions of dollars worth of damage. There have been 18 American police officers have been killed since George Floyd. How many? Was 18. Wow. Right? This is what I got recently, wow. right? Over 800 people have been injured. Um, 18 police officers? Yes. Wow. Killed. Uh, one officer has been paralyzed from the neck down uh, due to Black Lives Matter activity in the U.S., not in the news. You'll never see any of this in the news. So violence is violence. But if you take the left side, the media will shield you and hide you. And um, I, I just nobody is speaking out against this, to include the Republicans. Trump seems to be fighting this on his own. They yeah. don't have the balls to stand up and take a side. And it's freaking disgusting. Yeah, and, 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 and people who know me politically, I'm very bipartisan about things because I want balance. Mm-hmm. And, and the, what we're talking about, if you're listening to this and you're a Democrat, it's not a bash of the Democratic, the Democratic Party. It's a bash of the liberal fringe, mm-hmm. right? It's the left fringe of everything that's happening. I mean, if, if you're, I, I have to assume, right? Because I, I, I consider myself an independent. I've actually registered as an independent. And, so and, and when I look at both fringes of of what we're talking about now, and you might consider the right fringe being the Trump administration. But what I see mm. as 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 somebody who's just a normal person running a small business, who's a veteran, who isn't swayed by political uh, ideology, I see the right side, and I go, okay, well, Trump's doing his job, and I yeah. don't see any. Um, I mean, he he's got a big mouth, he's got personality flaws, he's got uh, ego. 
but if you get if you're the president of the United States, that's part of it, right? But if I look at the left fringe, or even the left Democratic Party, like if you look at the Dem- Democrats right now, they've chosen Joe Biden, yeah, Joe mm-hmm. Biden mm-hmm. as their as their nominee for the president of the United States, the one person that's going to lead the Democratic Party. You've cho- you've chosen Biden, mm-hmm. and so I look at that and I go, if you want to set yourself up for failure, you elect the worst dude in the room. Mm-hmm. And they elected the worst. If you would have got me on board, if you Andrew Yang, I actually like Andrew Yang, Tulsi Gabbard. I like Tulsi. I might have voted for Tulsi Gabbard. I actually might have voted for uh, Andrew Yang if I heard more of his uh, political stances. But I couldn't because Biden won the nominee by a landslide, and Bernie, and it was between Bernie and him. Mm-hmm. When Bernie and Biden are your only options in politics. You have to understand that the fringe is part of the party, mm-hmm. and so now, now when we look at fringes, it's normal to be crazy, like going out, burning shit down, acting out, saying the most grotesque things on the planet, mm-hmm. um, uh, p- politically. Um, you you could do whatever you want to do and get away with it. That to me is so reckless mm-hmm. when we're talking about our nation. And yes, I agree that the, Trump has said some dumb shit. It, like he's not. Uh, immune to that, um, the the Republican Party is not immune to it. But what's going on in our nation is very political. It's it's not uh, a social justice movement. It's a political movement. Mm-hmm. And and I think people have to understand the the differences in a tactical, which would be a, a let's call a social movement, the tactical movement, meaning at the ground level, versus a political movement at the strategic level, is that a political movement at the strategic level drives all the tactical. So meaning there's a lot of money, a lot of power, a lot of influence driving all the things that you're seeing happening now, which includes mob mentality, mm-hmm. which includes violent protests, which may even include uh, what's ending in the result of people being murdered. And and that's where we talk about this like this uh, fragile fa- fabric that's becoming unsewn and it's just ripping apart. Um, I Somebody sent me a clip of my own podcast that I did with... Um, Mike from Last Line of Defense, Mike Pfeiffer. I remember we did this, and I was in a garage. I was there. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we literally outlined the the two, and I even said this, which I didn't even realize I said it. The two biggest things that were bound to happen to our nation that would destroy us would be a pandemic, and then a social a social unrest caused by racial tension. And then the the combination of those things would be a recipe for disaster. And I'm paraphrasing here, but that's exactly where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, and it's not, you know, I'm not for, I'm not, many people have predicted that kind of thing in worst case scenarios, but we're literally living what we talked about last year. Yeah. And I just in, in, in hindsight. Mm-hmm. So, so you mentioned the word balance. Let's talk about balance, right? Because there is no balance right now. Um, I, 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 we have two political parties, which is a flawed system. If our choice is between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, something's terribly wrong, right? And now I, I am a registered independent too. I don't agree 
I, I'm, I'm center right, right? But I don't agree with everything the Republicans stand for, but I agree with nothing the Democrats stand for. They've gone so far left that I would never vote for one of them because um, they're appeasing the mob right now, and you can't appease a mob. If Joe Biden gets in, he's going to give and give and give, and when he pushes back because it's bad for America, if he has the balls to do that, the mob will go and burn shit down, and he'll appease them more and appease them more until America is not America anymore. Um I, I'm actually a liber- more of a libertarian than anything. I think the go- I believe in small government. I think the government need to get the fuck out of our lives and stay the fuck out of our lives. Now, the government does provide certain things. Security is one, right? This defund the police bullshit is fucking insane. Like, who's going to protect children and, and, you know, people at home alone, old people, single moms? You know what I mean? This, this, this idea that... We're going to replace police officers with council workers. There's an, there is so many fucking evil people in a country with 330 million people that somebody's going to have to stand up to them, right? And and you defund the police, then you end up with freaking Mogadishu. I lived there for almost a year. It was a, it was a, a, a lawless uh, hellhole. Um, 8.3 million guns have been sold in the United States since March. Yeah, the highest—it's on record to be the highest year for gun sales in the history of America. Yeah, you know we have—we just get our FFL. Yeah, and we, we can't even There's buy no a gun. guns. There's no guns available. Yeah. you know. Um, but let's talk about balance. Let's 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 just assume that uh, we're going to reset things. I I think we need a better system for voting. I I, I don't understand that. Mail-in voting is a fraud waiting to happen. And and this whole coronavirus thing right now, it's all about the election, right? They're pushing hard to get mail-in voting because it's easier to cheat, you know? Um, And that should never happen. You should have to go to the polling booth and you should have to show an ID card or a driver's license or your passport to vote. You have to show an ID to get on a plane to buy liquor. You do it all, all, all kinds of stuff, right? But let's talk about balance. Um, right now, I, I, I believe the KKK should be a, like a terrorist organization. Anything far right, far left, it all should be. I think Antifa absolutely should be a terrorist organization. I think Black Lives Matter is real close to it. When you're shooting people, innocent people, at a riot through the window, you sh- that guy in Utah shot an old man because he was trying to get home and get through the mob, right? Um, I think anybody far right or far left should be designated as a as a hate crime i think a white person beating up a black person should be a hate crime i think a black person beating up a white person which is happening more and more and more in our country that should be a hate crime as well and they should go after it should be a federal crime because you have weak ass leadership in some of these cities that will not go after people who are politically aligned with them on the left yeah you know so the federal government are going to have to get involved and you you go in and you prosecute those people and you put them in prison for the rest of their life. You want to play that game? You 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 win uh, you win that prize, right? You go to you go to federal prison for uh, hate. I think you want to set up an autonomous zone in in uh, any city in America. That's treason. You go to freaking. I would roll every one of those people up, and I, I put them in prison for the rest of their life. Um, you see, these people now are getting prosecuted for rioting, and they get caught up in 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 the 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 mob mentality. And yeah, now you, little white girls, right? Little we white girl, them. you're 20 years old. You probably grew up privileged, and now you're going to prison for the rest of your life for 10 cocktail, years. Yeah, Molotov cocktail in a cop. I court. know. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah. you're going to prison, and I'm, I'm glad you deserve to go to prison. So if 
if uh, if people in the South can't fly a con- Confederate flag, then you can't fly your communist flag in America. You know, um, the First Amendment is is absolute. So if I can't say certain words, then you can't say certain words either. But it's policed on one side and not on the other, right? Um, yeah, yeah, the Fourth of July, it, it, it could be a powder keg because the, the, this these mobs are going to go after the wrong crowd and. A lot of these Fourth of July uh, celebrations are in small towns and very patriotic people who have a lot of guns and a lot of ammo, and it's a powder keg waiting waiting for a match. Yeah, I think you know we we had talked about this with Chris Wickham about this idea of the bench, mm-hmm. and um, I still don't know who said that, but I'm going to take it and just own it as far as um, articulating it. Right, you have. You have all these people who get out and they protest, you know, they, and there's peaceful protesters that want to be part of something. And then you have the mob that turn or the protest that turns into a mob. Well, that, yeah, and it that, evolves, that's right? finance. That's finance. And it, the leaders are put in there to get the mob moving and get them doing violent acts. And it's very deliberate. Yeah, it's yeah. very deliberate. Nothing's on accident, no, right? It turned, not at all. A protest doesn't turn into a mob without some kind of social. Uh, buy-in, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, the, there's leaders, there's funding, and it turns into a violent act, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's murder, whether that's larceny, whether that's uh, assault. But when you have this kind of thing rolling forward, it's like a, a living, breathing thing, and you just let it go. Yeah, You just let it do, mm-hmm. like you have no control over it. You set a precedence for pandering. Like yeah. when you pander to an organization that's going to do this as mm-hmm. an SOP, and then you have all these people coming out of the woodwork to be part of that with ill intent, then where are the people, um, where are the police protecting innocent civilians and citizens? Um, and and you just showed me an article this morning where, where we talked about an article where the police were going to have, what was it called, the blue flu yeah. uh, on July 4th. Because if you're a police officer in this country and your institution is setting you up for failure, and the society which you operate in, trying to do your best to protect the community, is against you. Mm-hmm. Why would you risk your life? Yeah. Why would you risk anything, your livelihood, to be involved in something like that? I would call in sick. Yeah. I mean, number one, I would have quit a long yeah. time ago. The, these these men and women who are doing it for the right reasons are um, are very selfless. Yeah. Because I, you know, you can't pay me well, fifty thousand dollars a year and have yeah, me involved. They're in damn that. sure not doing it for the money. Yeah, that's not. for sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are very patriotic Americans and they want to help, right? And there's a few bad eggs in every organization. We, we've seen that our whole careers, but most police, police officers are there, are there to protect and serve, but they're getting thrown under the bus. So the, the thing about the mob, it's almost like extreme, extremist Islam, right? You can appease them and appease them and appease them, but you'll never ever get to the point where they've had enough, right? If you If you let, you know, Islam set up Sharia law in America and all, and you, you'll never, ever, ever give them enough that they're satisfied. And Sweden is seeing that now. Sweden took in Muslims from all over the world and gave them everything and bent over backwards. Now there's cities in Sweden that the cops can't go into. They're no-go areas because they're completely run and uh, out of control. There's places in, in uh, Minneapolis like that too. But... Um, if you like, let's say Joe Biden gets gets elected, and the mob, the far fringe of the left wing of the Democrat Party, they're gonna insist on 
let's say open borders, right? We want open borders. And uh, okay, open borders, everybody comes in, anybody can come into America anytime they want, which is an insane proposition in my, in my brain. And no country in the world does that. But yeah. that's what they want. They want open borders. So if anybody says no, riots and burning and murder people, right? And then they give in because they're weak and they're, they're, they want to protect their careers. Um, let's defund the police. That'll be another one, right? Let's defund the police. And, and defund the police, they shut down, and then you have no-go areas and cities, and all these, all these women and kids and men and uh, law-abiding citizens are hostages in their own city, right? Let's, uh, let's go with, uh, what's another left-wing, you know, free health care for everybody. Bankrupt the country, right? Yeah. Disband the U.S. military. Make the whole world less safe. These yeah. are not... No restrictions on abortion. No restriction on abortion. You can basically kill a baby after it's born, right? Yeah. That, that's coming too, right? So um, the list goes on and on and on because even ideas that you would think would never be done are going to be done because uh, Joe Biden is an appeaser. He's going to appease the mob and he's weak. Right, so they're just going to push him further to the left and further to the left and further to the left. And he's in cognitive decline. And he's, I mean, yeah, he's, he, he's, he's got, on, he's got dementia. He does, and, yeah. he does, yeah. Um, so, let's, so go ahead and vote Democrat in November if you want, but it's not going to end well for America. It's going yeah, and, to and, end really bad. And I always want to caveat this because it, it sounds political to me. Yeah, but people don't understand how we think. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're very strategic tactical thinkers right mm -hmm. so we uh, what i think what i think is very beneficial to be a, maybe a special operations guy is, is is not the tactical experience but the overall strategic experiences that we have in planning processes by identifying the problem mm -hmm. and then how problems manifest themselves mm -hmm. right and so we do a whole bunch of things which include course of action development yep. which includes being creative looking at information and analyzing what happens when you do certain things or yep. the absence of not the doing most dangerous things. course of action the most probable course of action yeah, right? yeah. and most yeah. likely right most we likely. talk about yeah. likely yeah. so it's easy for us and a snapshot to look at circumstance, which includes information, uh, and, and assessing security and assessing uh, all the things that we're going through and make predictions. Mm -hmm. and, and those things that you talked about are are in our minds as they will happen. They will. They, they will. will happen. Yep. Yep. Uh, here's what I think. And this before we get to the like the uh, what people can do uh, security wise. Look, I really believe and. You know, I've made a couple predictions which are spot on, and I'm not the best predictor, but I've been pretty good. I've been on a roll. I believe that before the elections, obviously toxic and volatile, uh, a lot of violence. I don't think that the protesters that are involved now, it's not about protesting. It's about violent acts, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So th that won't stop. But I think when the election happens which will stir this hysteria where people are glued to their TV. Mm -hmm. And then when the person that they didn't want loses, when Trump wins, that will be the criteria for them to pour into the streets. And all it takes is a couple act of violence and then the, and then the push by the media to show that 
and somehow justify the violence mm-hmm. for everybody to come unglued or unhinged. Yep. And then you just see mass violence across the nation just because one president won the election or yeah. one person mm-hmm. who happens to be the sitting president wins the election. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you imagine, you know, I get off topic about the bench concept, but you have, imagine you have a group of people who have been out doing violent acts and all of a sudden the bench gets off of it yeah. and they say, mm-hmm. enough is enough. Yeah. We're not going to la- allow our country to be destroyed. We're not going to allow people, innocent people to be killed while police officers are being told by politicians to do nothing. Yeah. We will be the shield, the real shield between. Mm-hmm. They will shoot. They will violently act. Yeah. And then... Uh, you'll have a full-scale civil war on, on a smaller scale. Yeah, and it's not a race war because there's black and white in both exactly. sides, right? Yeah. So it's not a race war, so don't call it that. So um, in the same way, when politicians appease the mob, they embolden the mob. It's the op- the same on the opposite side. When politicians restrict police or police cannot help you and refuse to help you, then people are going to have to defend themselves, right? And I know what will happen the first time a white person opened fire with a with a with a rifle in, in you know at a mob then it'll be all oh, right wing extremists like the, those people in St. Louis that uh, were defending their their house and their property they were called by the media uh, uh, uh white people pointing guns at peaceful protests peaceful protesters don't tear shit down and burn it to the ground if those people in St. Louis didn't have guns their house would be burned to the ground they'd probably be murdered by now so um you're going to have to, you are your own first response. You're going to have to defend yourself. And I hate to see it happening, but either way the election goes, there's going to be violence. If if Trump wins um, and people will be like, oh, you know, especially if Biden wins the popular vote, which is fucking irrelevant in this country. The, 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 the political system is set up very, very smartly to make sure that the whole country gets a say. And L.A. and New York don't get to, to tell the whole rest of the country how to be governed, right? Every, every state gets a say depending on its size, right? So it's, it's a brilliant system. Um, but if Trump gets re- reelected... Uh, it, there's going to be massive, massive violence, and yeah. there's going to be. Uh, I think governors, just like they're shutting down certain aspects of travel and quarantining with coronavirus now, mm-hmm. I think what you're going to see is bo- states shutting their borders off to other people yeah. and and to secure their own states. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to protect, if you're a leader, I, I can imagine. I, if I'm a governor of Montana, and I want to protect the citizens of my state who aren't involved in mass demonstrations and violence and killing people, mm-hmm. then I don't want any of those people in my, my area. I yeah. don't want them in Bozeman and Billings and anywhere. No. And I'll, sh- I'll do whatever it takes. I'll mm-hmm. put a state trooper on every road at every border checkpoint yeah. where that crosses from another state and stop any traffic coming in mm-hmm. because I don't want that. And when you see... When you see a protest that turns violent and then they arrest the people and then fi- find out that 90 plus percent of everybody they arrested is for, is for some, somewhere else, mm-hmm. that is a deliberate act it of is. terrorism. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it essentially in, in a form is terrorism. And I mentioned in a video about this being the onset of insurgency. It's exactly that. Absolutely. It's, it's a radical ideology mm-hmm. manifesting itself into deliberate acts true, of violence. True violence, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. using violence as a means to control population and people. Yeah. It's not going to work in the United States. It's subversion, yeah. We absolutely. would never let that happen. Yeah, it's subversion. So, um, yeah, the... Um, 
the politicians are so fucking weak in this country and they're trying to line their own pockets all the time on both sides. I, 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 I don't know what the solution is, but it's not politicians. It, yeah. It's somebody else, right? Well, part we talked about the 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 defunding of the politicians, mm-hmm. right? I, I put it out on my story, and you know, ninety nine point nine percent people said yes mm-hmm. because it's something we can all agree on, whether yeah. you're black or white or yeah. Hispanic, yeah. is at the table looking for solutions. It starts with politicians, yeah. And so, if you have a career politician, yeah, on both sides, yeah, if you have a career politician that's been in politics for 30 plus years. Biden's a 30 plus know, year. But it's all Trump's fault. It's all Trump's yeah, fault. Yeah. But, but you've been in charge for mm-hmm. 30 plus, the vice president for eight years and yeah. you did nothing. Yeah. And now Except it's Trump's lined fault. his own pockets. Exactly. He lined his own pockets. And they're millionaires. Yeah, yeah. How do you, how, you know, a, a, a congressman man makes $250,000 a year. But Nancy Pelosi's worth thirty million dollars, wherever. I mean, there's no corruption happen? there. It's insider trading, and it's using her position for politi- for, yeah. for financial gain. If we did that in the military, we'd be crushed. Exactly. We'd we be used destroyed. to get briefed on it. I was we couldn't in, even work extra jobs for a couple of dollars. I was in Chacho when I worked Force Mod, and I randomly w- walked past the Fleer booth, right? And we do business with Fleer, and I won a twenty-five hundred dollar thermal imager spotting scope. And I was like, now, was it fixed or not? I don't know. But the people there did not know me, right? They were like, oh, you've been running. I, I had like a, I was like a number thing. You were the, the, the hundred person to come by the booth. It's a shot show thing, right? And uh, I was like, oh, cool. What do I have to do? And they're like, yeah, we're going to take a picture with you for Facebook. And I said, I can't do that. I, 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 I represent force modernization for special operations. Yeah. I can't. That, that would look wrong. Yeah. Even if it's even if it's completely above board, how dare you have integrity? I turned it down. I yeah. did. I turned it down and I walked away. Can we get man. A, like IOU on that? So, so, you could use pe- it now. People are like, "Why didn't you come get me? I would have got it for Ooh, you." You know, yeah. I'm not that clever. I'm not that clever. Yeah. But I would not do that because integrity, right? And it's it's it, it would be the wrong thing to do. But you, you look at these politicians lining their pockets every fucking day. It sickens me, you know. So let's say, let's look at the future, right? Fourth of July, maybe. A lot of violence on the 4th of July, or might. I hope not. I hope there's I think not. there will be. I think there will be yeah. because, like I said, there's an element here and they just want to burn everything to the ground and you'll never, ever appease them. Doesn't matter how much you give them, they're always going to want more. And uh, yeah, I, I think there will be. Then let's, it's going to keep going because they have momentum now and they have the media on their side and they have all these Hollywood, these Hollywood losers that are in their Beverly Hills mansion. I hope you get a fucking helicopter on the roof because when the mob comes up your street, doesn't matter how big your walls are, they're going to go in, they're going to burn your house to the ground, they're going to murder you, all of you, especially if you're white. Mm-hmm. So uh, go ahead and keep appeasing the mob. It won't keep you safe. Yeah. But I, I, I hope there's no violence, but there will be. It's going to keep going. Then the election is the next powder keg. So... Um, and the and the there's election the local elections are the August mm-hmm. and then the generals in November. It's the general. Whoa, that, that's man! Really August, gonna, September, October. Mm-hmm. Four it's coming, months it's coming fast. So they're pushing wow. hard for this vote by mail bullshit because Corona is so dangerous. It wasn't dangerous when you were in a mob of thousands of people, you know. And they were told in certain places like New York, if you get tested and you have coronavirus, don't say you're in a demonstration because they're trying to blame Trump for it and yeah. blame reopening, right? Yeah. We need to reopen. Had nothing to do with you mobbing in, yeah. in, in mass. Yes, in, yeah. in thousands but and churches, thousands. Churches, but churches, uh, small, small businesses. Yeah, yeah. 
So there's more going on here than meets the eye. Yeah, I can go to Walmart, but I can't go to a small business. Insane. You know? I can social distance in Walmart with thousands. Uh, yeah. Uh, you could go in any Walmart right now, yeah. and there's hundreds of people yeah. inside that Walmart. Yeah. But I can't go to Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon's closed. Oh Are you fucking kidding me? The yeah. most outdoor place in the world. Yeah. Stop. Stop with the freaking insanity, you know? Um, so there's more going on here. They're trying to keep the coronavirus going as long as they can because they want to push vote by mail because it's easier to cheat. It's easier to cheat, and uh, they, they, they want Trump out no matter what. So Trump is far from perfect, but he's the best hope we have right now, in my opinion, because the other side is just lunacy, and that shit you saw in Seattle, where, where the, the, that's what Trump, your future is. Capitol Hill. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so DJ funny how Raspberry, they, yeah. Yeah, DJ Raspberry, they just ripped it down. Yeah. And... Um, you know, and the mayor, I, saw, I read the quote, and I'm paraphrasing here, but she was like, it's out of control, it's violence, it's, mm-hmm. and there's people been murdered, we can't, it, ex, there's extortion. That was being reported in the first days. Yeah. And you let it go weeks. Yeah, yeah. And you said it was just mm-hmm. a peaceful, whatever you said. Yeah. It's a social it a experiment. party, and, yeah. oh, yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah they, they, they should have clamped down on, on these violent mobs right away. National Guard, go in and crack some skulls, shoot people if you need to, and uh, stop. Because in a law-abiding law society, you can't have this. This is 2% of Americans. The other 98% are going to get sick of seeing this bullshit sooner or later. They're on the bench. They are on the bench, but it's time to get off. That bench is getting freaking cold. You yeah. need to get up and, and, and uh, stretch a little bit. We, When you look at, um, let's talk about tactical considerations for what people should be doing. And, you know, I've never received so much traffic on, hey, man, I, I'm actually concerned. Like, what do I do? Yeah. And, you know, I'm doing these little short clips, which six months ago, nobody's paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Now it's like everybody's like, what do I need to do? Tell me mm-hmm. exactly where I need to go. If you talked about bugging, bugging out a year ago, you're yeah. a conspiracy theorist who's oh, yeah. just like living... In, in the zombie apocalypse, like like you're uh. just insane. Now it's like, oh my God, I better have a plan. Yeah. yeah. What's this start point? Well, man, I'm bored of this podcast because I'm yawning. I don't know, man. It's ox- lack, of ox- lack of oxygen is what they say it is. It's not the podcast. It's like a sleep. I know, it's like a sleep. Drink just came some, off the road. Drink some caffeine. That was a brutal drive. The first, the start point is planning, right? Planning and to... to and able to get a plan and put it together, you need a little bit of training, right? So what are the things you need to be trained on? Um, <laughs> self-defense is a big one, right? 80, what did I say, 8.3 million guns sold? Probably 8 million of those uh, have no training. Get trained. If not with us, get it with somebody reputable and learn how to use a firearm properly if you're going to have one so you don't become more of a danger to yourself and your family then it, it so it doesn't do more harm than good but i encourage you to buy a firearm i encourage you to get training and have and know your own rules of engagement and when you can fire so that 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 dirtbag who shot that 60 year old man in utah because he was driving through a mob to me that just changes the narrative you eat, you eat a plow through me. I will plow through the marble of my truck. If they uh, swarm stop you. me and swarm me, I'm just going to start dropping people because um, to me, he give legitimacy to opening fire on people because they're going to murder you. That That's my yeah. theory, right? Well, well, what do you do in that circumstance where you're in your vehicle, meaning mm-hmm. you're in a, your domicile, 
and people are trying to rip you out of your car, yeah. right? Yeah. Or they're hitting, they're smashing the window with a mm-hmm. skateboard. That's a hostile act. That's a hostile act. Yep. Yep. And people, a lot of people argue this, like, well, what's how how could you shoot somebody who's hitting your window with a skateboard? The 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 the, the thinking is, well, I'm hitting the window with a skateboard, and then you shoot me. That's wrong. Yeah. No, it's the intent of mm-hmm. what the person's trying to do. Yeah. If the window wasn't rolled up in between you, me and the skateboard, my head would be hitting the skateboard. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's they're trying to penetrate the vehicle to drag you out, like they have on several occasions and in several incidents where they have either wounded or killed people defending yeah. their themselves or their families. Yeah. And so. What do you do? Well, let me let me articulate this because we just did this in mm-hmm. the South Carolina in training. One is you understand evasive driving and mm-hmm. and the application of how you should use your vehicle to your advantage, not in mowing people. We don't have a course. Maybe we should do that, like a course to <laughs> just have bad guys all over the place and you yeah. run them down with their vehicle. Yeah. But we we taught evasive driving because one of the best techniques you could you could use um, is the J turn right and getting away from a threat to break contact and use speed and momentum as your friend. Yep. That's one thing, in fact, I'm doing a video, we already did a video, but I'm uh, editing the video, and that's one of the first videos I'm putting on that uh, reachlive.com. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be, um, it's a, you know, YouTube has demonetized us as a business, which is, of course, as yeah. per standard operating procedure. But we will continue to put out content. Yep. So we'll put that out. What is the, uh, you talked a little bit about the um, criteria for your rules of engagement. Talk a little bit about that for somebody who didn't hear the last podcast we did on it. Like, what do you mean the criteria for for rules of engagement? So when something bad happens and you have to make a split-second decision or whether you need to pull that trigger or not, that's the wrong time to have that conversation with yourself, right? You need to war game these things out long before you ever get in your car and you ever leave your house, right? When can you open fire on someone? Defense your life. Now, and to me, I've said this last time, it doesn't change state to state with me. I have my own rules of engagement in my head when I know I will shoot people. And um, that doesn't change because I'm in California or New York or anywhere freaking else, right? Because some some states have castle doctrine and that extends to your car. Yeah, it does. Your, your, your house yeah. is your castle and so is your car. So if people try to break in through your car and you're in there, you have the inherent right to self-defense. Now, if they're breaking into your car and, and you're not there, whatever, but if you're in there, especially if you got your kids in there, you owe it Dude. to them to freaking, you, you, you were at our last line of defense. And yeah. if you think these people won't kill kids, they absolutely will. Absolutely. They absolutely will. Yeah. So, it, it, And it's an enraged, emotional mm-hmm. mob mentality yeah. that mm-hmm. there's nothing rational about anything that's happening. No. So this no. is what you have to understand. It's like when we're talking about, I mean, you might as well be in a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. When you're in the yeah. middle of a mob mm-hmm. that's destroying your vehicle, one, that the guy who was uh, shot, luckily he didn't die, right? Mm-hmm. But he was shot with a 380 pistol by a dude in a mask, a yep. ski mask, yep. on a back road in... In uh, Provo, Utah. I know. Dude, Very conservative. we were just yeah, there, like a, we like were, a super yeah. safe community, yep. families. Mm-hmm. And, and, and well, that's the organization we talked about. A lot of these guys are being bussed in to disrupt safe communities yeah. like that. So this scumbag, I will almost put money that he was bussed in from somewhere else. Yep. And he came there with a gun. And it was probably just looking to shoot someone because he's a fucking shitbag, fucking loser. And he got rolled. He got, they actually Yeah, they actually got him, yeah. Was he affiliated with Antifa or anything? Did they see? He was. He had Black Lives Matter stuff all over his computer and everything, you know? Uh So, um, they, they, I hope he, uh, 
I hope he likes prison. Yeah. Because he's going to be somebody's bitch. And yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, but, but you have a right to, you, you have an inherent right to self-defense, right? And you open fire when there's hostile intent, right? And who determines hostile intent? Not the police, not the fucking mayor. You do. You personally de determine what hostile intent is, right? So you can open fire and defense your own life, defense your family's life, defense of any life, really. If yeah. I see some shitbag beating somebody down, I'll put a bullet in them in a heartbeat because I'm defending that person's life. Because you can kill somebody with your boot just as well as you can kill them with a fucking baseball bat, right? Um, defense your own life, defense of somebody else's life, um, to protect your property, right? That that's a uh, that's a contentious one, right? Do you have the right to shoot somebody who wants to get in and burn your store and your livelihood to the ground? I would say absolutely, you do. Mm -hmm. They voted. They want to come after my my business with a Molotov cocktail in my house or my. Then you fucking vote it, right? Yeah. Defense your own life, other people's life. Defense your defense your post to stop yourself being disarmed. Right, that's like that police officer shot that guy who was shooting at him with a taser. That that guy would have hit him with the taser and disarmed them, right? And um, so you need justification for every se separate act of force, right? Means I punch you in the face and you go in the ground. I can't stomp on you, right? We're not them. We wouldn't do that. Um, justification, prevention. You have to be preventing them from doing something. I'm preventing them from killing me. I'm preventing them from burning my business down or preventing them from taking my daughter or my son. Um, justification, prevention, compliance with the law. You still have to comply with the law. Um, minimum force means if I can shoot you and you go down, I, 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 I'm not authorized to shoot you five more times when you're on the ground, right? Yeah, if when you're, you're incapacitated. When you're incapacitated, if you're not a threat. Um, and then justification, compliance, minimum force. Uh, what was the other one? I think that was it. So you need to war game all these scenarios in your head. If there's a mob out there, avoid them. Don't take that route. Don't go out that day. Stay the fuck at home. And that's in a mitigation. way. In a, in mitigation, right? In a way, that's giving them what they want. But especially if you have kids in the car, man, you need to stay away, right? Now, if you do come up on a mob, I would say if you stop, you're really running the risk of being ripped out of that car and beaten or maybe killed. So me, I'm not stopping. I'm going to put the pedal to the metal and you voted, man. You stood in the highway. Um, and if if the, the vehicle does become disabled. So two, a couple of drills we did in South Carolina. We did J-turn, which is rapidly backing up out of a bad situation, spinning the car around very quickly and taking off. And, and just for people's essay, we did it. And once we did the demo and explained the procedure, people did it the first time kind of slow, second time a little better. By the third time, they were crushing it. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we did J-turn. We did pit maneuver, but more as an education on how to avoid being pitted if somebody's trying to run you off the road, right? Um, we did ramming, like breaking through vehicles that are blocking the road. And then we did uh, down driver drills where... You were boxed in on all four sides. Let's talk about that in detail because you you had brought that up and mm -hmm. I, uh, it was I was thinking through the civilian's mm -hmm. uh, mind and you know when we do that we've done that so many times right we so have. so it, when it, you it's, it's a very not, standard drill for us yeah it's right? not that cool but when I saw the impact it had on all the people yeah. who did that course yeah including a sixteen year old kid mm -hmm. it, it's mind blown because all of them were so stoked because they're like. 
you never have the opportunity to do that. And that, to me, is the most realistic realistic yeah. scenario, right? I think that's why they were so stoked about it, because it's so pertinent today, right? Your car's mobbed, and the way we did it, we boxed the car in with, with a car... Uh, left and right, front and rear, like you're in traffic, right? And there was a little bit of space, a, a normal amount there would be. And the scenario was the driver's been shot. And you've got to come across from the passenger seat, push him out of the way, and get on the gas and steer that vehicle from basically sitting on top of the driver and using your left leg to hit the gas. And then you've got to steer and create space and break through those vehicles and get out of that area. And we had them drive around in a circle from the passenger side, super pertinent today, really good drill, really eye-opening. And and, and that, that guy who got shot in Utah, if he went down, let's say he was shot, that passenger would have had to jump in and drive that vehicle or they would have been murdered by that mob. Yeah. So very, very pertinent drill and we will do it. And I think we're going to integrate some some uh, airsoft guns into the next one or, or sim pistols to build the scenario where you have to you have to defend your life with a gun and then do defensive driving. So we're going to continue. Wow, you know, that's courses in November. When is the election? November. I, November. Yeah, but I think November 20... Something. I think this is the weekend of the election. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Let me look that up. Well, I, so I thought keep November third was the election, but uh, I might be wrong. So uh, defensive driving breakout drills, and like I said, to me the rules have changed. Now when I hit a mob, I'm defending my life no matter what, and I will not allow that mob to pull me out of the vehicle. Um, so uh, let's talk about a bug out plan, right? So you asked, what do you do to prepare? You 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 get a firearm. And you um, you learn how to use it, right? To be safe, the safe. What firearm do you recommend? Just if without without giving options, what you would go to? Yeah, Glock nineteen. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. Safe. Fifteen rounds plus one in the chamber. Yeah, very reliable, very easy to use. Um, It's got it's got crappy factory sights on it, Uh, so I I would change the sights out, and um, that's what I would go with for. What about med self defense? just enough a tourniquet, stop the bleed kit, uh, just the bare necessities to be able to puncture, to puncture, to uh, fill a hole. I think med is super important, and I think it's uh, it's not sexy, right? Like guns and shooting and running and gunning stuff. So, but I, as we've seen, we've seen ambulances responding to. 911 calls for people injured and the mob won't let them through. Yeah. So you really need... Attacking them. Yeah. You really need to know how to sustain life and um, keep somebody alive until until you get help. help. So we're, we're going to reinvigorate our medical program. We got James Davenport. I got a... I, I got a... I got to podcast him when we were down in South Carolina. Super squared away guy. Former Special Forces medic. One of the most resilient toughest guys I've ever met, you know, he, he, uh, he got blown up in Afghanistan twice. Uh, the second time he got tossed through the air and landed and looked up in the tree and saw his leg in the tree. So he calmly took his tourniquet out, applied a tourniquet on, remembers everything. Was it conscious the whole yeah, time? Yeah, it was conscious the whole, you know, because I, I, I like... Oh, no, spoil, you can't spoil it. Can't spoil okay, it. Okay, 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 yeah. But super squared away guy. So he's going to head up our medical training stuff and we're going to reinvigorate. Now, what I would like to see maybe is... Businesses, right? If you have a small business, I, I would like to put together a program. I haven't even talked to you about this, but we'll come in like me or you and James, and we'll train your employees in react to active shooter and medical training. 
how to do both of those as a, like a one day seminar for worst case scenario. Yeah. If somebody comes in here and does this, here's what we recommend to, to improve your security at your location. And here's a couple of techniques. And then um, here's some medical training for your folks so they know what to do if something happens. You know, I, I think that might be a good a good plan to, to move forward. But the med stuff's super important. And it's it, like when we did when we did cross training on our team, which we cross train on every MOS, it's like communications training and med training people are like oh god because everybody wants to shoot guns yeah yeah i know but super important we we just lined out too we will have you know we sell basic image response kits vehicle trauma response kits which are more important now than i think ever Mm -hmm. uh enhance ready uh enhance care response kits which are robust home kits so everything from your person to your vehicle to your home but we are going to offer 10 lined out items of things that you should put in your kit mm-hmm. that you could buy individually. So yeah. if you want to plus up because you have kids, whatever the yeah. the practice might be, super important. Yeah. I mean, oh man, we should probably do a video on the mobility bag. Yes. And, well, we had talked about doing videos on every piece of kit that Fieldcraft sells. So you want to buy, uh, you want to buy a, a, a uh, basic hemorrhage kit. We'll we'll have a QR code in there that goes through every item and shows you a video of how to use that equipment. You just want to buy a tourniquet. We'll have a QR code for how to use the tourniquet. You want to buy a mobility bag. This is how we we suggest you stack it. This is the use of it. This this is the the the. Um, Let's do that mobility bag video next week. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty important now. With everything it going really on. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but we're gonna we're gonna look to reinvigorate our med program and. Uh, try and integrate it into a lot of our training, like our mobility training or survival training and, and maybe even some of our, our self-defense EDC stuff because uh, it's not important till it's important, right? Yeah. And you really do know, need, need to know because like we said, when uh, when seconds count, paramedics are minutes away. Yeah, so, if, if at all. If at all, yeah. 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 I, I just got, when I did the EDC prep course, which was cool, you know, I've taught uh, everyday carry prepared course or prepped course, and the last time we ran it in series, we did ball ammo, meaning everybody had ball ammunition. We were shooting paper. But this time, we had the opportunity to use um, SIG frange ammo. ammo. Mm-hmm. And big shout out to SIG for, for providing that ammo. But when we were on the range, the frange allows you to shoot it in close proximity. So you could see reactively the visual impact and the audible impact in the close proximity to the target, which, you know, if you read the statistics, about 12 feet is where the gunfight takes place. Mm-hmm. So if you're shooting paper, you don't get any sensory feedback from the target, right? It just stands there. And then after you're done, you look at your holes. Well, in this case with steel and French, you get immediate feedback, which is a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Uh, as far as understanding like uh, how your brain processes information, but one of the things that are important uh, that's important to note is we need to provide you guys with an understanding cognitively of the process that you need to think through. One thing I was taken back by was, you know, we do an hour block in the beginning asking for your feedback via scenario. And I said, hey, listen, you're at a gas station, you're pumping gas with your right hand, your hands in your left pocket, and this thing, these things start to happen. Uh, I, and I won't... I won't uh, uh, go through the the entire thing, but you go to use your life, or you go to use your gun to save your life in self defense. And the question is, how many times do you shoot? The first guy I asked, he said three times, and the next guy said uh, three to five times, three to five rounds. 
And I was taken back by that because, you know, last class we asked the same kind of question and it was, I'll give them a chance, mm-hmm. right? And we talked about that in the last podcast that me and you did. But now I'm looking at it going, wow, like th- there's a set number in the, a lot of people's heads mm. of how they're going to do this. So it's like three times, three rounds. But what happens if they're not down by three rounds? And I asked one guy, and I, you know, Aaron was my AI, um, and he's a field craft instructor. I said, Aaron, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to shoot until the target's eliminated mm-hmm. or destroyed. That's what we were trained. Yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. we are trained to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, it just keeps telling me that even if you're a skilled technician, meaning you're technical and you, and you have a tactical understanding, that that's not inherent to decision-making or your understanding of decision-making and self-defense. Mm. And a lot of people haven't thought through these things that we're talking about. Well, people think yeah, I should put somebody once, they're going down, they're going to die, right? That, that's that, not how it that's works. That's not how it works. I shot a guy with an M4 in Iraq. He, he was an insurgent. He came out from behind a car. He didn't know I was there, and it was in the middle of the night. And he appeared five feet in front of me. I didn't even see him coming, right? Which is crazy because we had a Spectre gunship up above us. But as he as he broke around the cover, I shot him with a laser and nods at like five feet and hit him dead center in the chest and knocked him down behind a car. Now, what I should have done is close up on him and shoot him again. But I hit him with a green tip, 855 round, which is a, a penetrator round for... Um, for a punch and true like car engines or body yeah. armor or stuff like that. So I hit him with that. It like went, a laser beam. Yeah, it went straight through him and didn't hit anything vital, but it knocked him down. And one of the guys came over, Travis, and he was like, uh, what'd you shoot? And I'm like, there was a guy there and I was showing him with my laser and nods and the guy stood back up like a zombie in a movie, man. I am not, I will never forget it. So then we shot him like 18 times <laughs> each, you know? So, um, But yeah, that, that's an M4 at five feet dropped the guy because the, the initial reaction was his legs went out from under him but he stood back up and that was a learning point for me so we, we used to load our ammo you know green tip 77 green green tip 77 green so you get the most of a uh, penetration and um you you have good good stopping power right so i i think if people train to shoot once or twice or three times they're gonna go draw bang 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 and then they're gonna mentally check out because yes. they're like, I shot him three times. And they might even put their gun away. And the guy's still alive. And he may have body armor on, or he might be high on freaking PCP or anything. Yep, you engage him until he's no longer a threat. Yeah. 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 It, it, that's the, I think that's the overall arching problem is tactical or self-defense training is just not the technical things that you do through the motions yeah. and what we call these behavioral scripts where you practice this movement and shoot the target. Yeah. Right? Even though on the... Everybody who's a tactical influencer's social media accounts, that's mm-hmm. all you'll see them do. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the processes of thinking through stress yeah. or you know, understanding what you're going to do under stress, mm-hmm. technically and, and, and cognitively. Yeah. And I think that's a big deficiency that we need to focus on as, yeah. a, as a community. Um, we're we're going to expand our EDC, our everyday carry class. We're still going to shoot, but we're going to bring in some simulations and run scenario drills to, to kind of put your mind 
in in a place where you understand that and, and you understand that people don't go down after being shot once. Um, a buddy of mine who was a police officer, he he told me one time when he was at the academy, they told him that police officers are the only ones who roll over and die after being shot once. You know, because they're just mentally. I think I think because their QRF and their, their first response is so close, maybe they think, okay, I'm out of it now. I've been shot. Whereas freaking Green Berets and soft guys and army guys will get shot multiple times and keep fighting because you're on your own. James Davenport got his leg blown off and he freaking sat there and pulled security while he was putting his tourniquet on and, and because they, you know you're on your own. There's nobody right there to come get you. Yeah. So you need to retrain your brain. You're still in the fight. Even if you got shot, you can still save your life. And and dealing with a bad guy, you, you, you need to make sure you don't shoot him once or twice and then put your gun away. Yeah, right? I have and, people in the flat range that quit just trying to fight through administrative uh, yeah. you know, loads and unloads. They're mm -hmm. just like in the middle of something. They're like, I'm just done. I'm like, no, you're not. It's not an option. It's not an option. Yeah. Keep fighting through Stand it. Stand fight. We'll yep. stay here all day. Yeah. Keep fixing it and fight. Yep. Yeah. yeah it, I think a lot of it has to do with mindset, right? Yes. And, and, it, and then if we train the wrong way, and applying that mindset where we cut ourselves off and just say, I'm done or whatever, mm -hmm. then yeah, that's yeah. the end. Yeah. Wow, that was loud. That Thanks was, for that, That was Vinny. Vinny scratching himself. Scratching his balls. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, um, when, we look at, uh, when we look at the potential circumstances that people could be in this weekend, we talked a little bit about the vehicle stuff. And when one is reducing risk by mitigating risk is... Um, um, avoiding the problems total. Like, mm -hmm. Don't don't go to where the crowds are. Yeah, I would advise everybody to stay away um, from but, any kind of crowd. I mean, I you you can't see. I'm torn. Right? You want to go to Fourth of July celebration? That that's that's your that's your right. And and we're letting the mob win, right? But you yeah. got to do that balance. It depends where you live. I don't and, like and people, so I just won't want to. I don't either. I don't like crowds. So it depends where you live, and it depends on on. But I would I would I would uh, maybe even talk to the police and see if they have any intel and any any troubles that are going to break out because they they should know. If they don't, they're not doing their freaking job. Uh, these people are organizing through social media, and that should be tracked by the FBI. I would hope that they're tracked because they're a hate crime organization. What I don't like is we're not getting that kind of intel. No, you know, and we should be. Yeah, I mean, if if there's if if I'm going to a Fourth of July celebration and BLM showing up, I don't want to be there. Yeah, I don't yeah. want the confrontation. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't like. I, I'm not interested in no. confronting any protesters. It's, it's not because you're scared. It's because once that gun comes out, bad things are going to happen. Yeah, man. I yeah. don't want anything to do with that, yeah. man. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so we talked about the mitigation of risk. What would you do? Um, when when looking at preparing your family, because you know a lot of people who train with us, they have families, mm -hmm. and I don't know how much they're sharing and uh, and teaching their their families in the first place. But what would you do as a practice with your family? You see, I I um I didn't do this with my kids growing up, and but I I think it wasn't. I would do it now, right? Because it's a different time we're in, and. If you're not, without scaring your kids, if you don't have them trained to do basic medical tasks, like put a tourniquet on, um, put a field dressing on, elevate a wound, um, you know, stuff like that, then, then you're kind of failing them. They need to know that without being scared, right? And depending on the age of your kids, um, they need to know how to use a firearm. What, what do you think the minimum age is for training someone on a firearm, like a handgun? I think it starts with um, safety, right? Mm. And that starts when you... And when, respect for the weapon. Yeah, that yeah. starts when you're 
cognitive cognitive enough to be curious enough to touch a weapon. Mm -hmm. So as a five-year-old that learns to count and learns to say the alphabet, you also need to learn and respect the, the, the rights and the wrongs of, hey, what if my child discovers this gun? Mm -hmm. They need to know to stay away from it, right? A lot of kids who, who pick up a fire, who kill themselves with a firearm, they do it because they can't pull the trigger with their index finger, they pull it with their thumb. Yeah. And when they pull it with their thumb, the gun is pointed towards them, yes. right? So as a responsible adult, you should never let a kid near a yes. firearm, you know, obviously. But I, you know, talk about the age. I, I, I think six, seven, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking about six or seven. And you go, you go like a little twenty-two pistol, and yep. you make it fun. You put balloons on the target, right? That that was great when I was teaching my my kids. You put balloons on the target, and you have them shooting and popping the balloons on the target. That's a. Uh, it makes it fun for them. It's good initial feedback, and and, and it it it, it uh, it's more interesting for them than just shooting paper. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I, I, my dad did that with me. Mm. My first pistol I ever shot was his duty gun, which I believe was a 357 Magnum when mm. I was like six years old. And, I, yeah. and he took me out to the back woods by his work, and there was a big field, and he put out a, a can. Mm -hmm. I remember shooting it, and I remember going to the range with him and being scared yeah. of the gun because it went boom. But the more I went, the more I remember the fear lapsed. And yeah. so when I would find his pistol or whatever, I, I would be, I knew to stay away from it because if an adult wasn't around, I wasn't allowed to touch it. Yeah. But I also knew that that weapon was dangerous yeah. and that um, that kept me from picking it up and doing anything because my dad taught me to respect weapons. Did he show you how, how dangerous it was by shooting anything close by? Like, yes. Yeah. What, yeah, yeah. what did he shoot? He shot, well, he shot paper targets yeah. and then showed me um, the effects of on the targets, but he also shot... Uh, I think it was a watermelon or yeah. something like that. It was like a fruit mm -hmm. and it, it exploded. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, that's scary. Yeah. Like, I, I remember when I was in basic training in Ireland, we had the FNFALs and you see, I remember this, it was so long ago, but we were in the field and uh, we were shooting blanks for the first time and blanks will kill you if you're not careful, right? And the platoon sergeant got us all around. He took the blanket after off and he was like, hey, let me borrow some cigarettes. Who, who's got cigarettes, you know? And one of the guys put his hand up and he was like, what type are they? And he was like, you know, Marlboro or whatever it was. He was like, yeah, 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 they'll do. And he took the pack of cigarettes and dropped it on the ground and shot it with the FN 762. <laughs> blew it apart. Blank, just blew it into a thousand pieces, right? Wow. And he was like, there you go. He took, picked up like a little tiny and he was like, he <laughs> gave it back to him. It was awesome. But I remember that because it was a demonstration of how, how powerful the fucking thing was at close range yeah. without a blank adapter on, right? Crazy. And I never forgot it. Um, yeah, I, th I think six, seven's a good age. And you teach them to respect the gun. You teach them that, that it is a deadly weapon. And you, you teach them those drills or those um, procedures where you never point it at anybody. You keep your finger off the trigger, blah, blah, blah. Um, so they do have a health risk. Well, tell me those real quick. Because somebody who's like a mom or a dad who doesn't have any uh, understanding of firearms, what are the ma major ones? Oh, um, obviously never pointed at anybody unless you're you're going to kill them. Um Keep your finger off the trigger at all times. Know the condition of your weapon. Like there's no time when you should pick up a weapon and not know if there's a round chamber. Yes. Okay. You should always, always, always know the condition of that weapon. Uh, keep your finger off the trigger. Don't point it at anybody. And just know how to use it and how it functions, right? If you don't understand the function of a semi-automatic handgun, you probably shouldn't have one. Yes. You should probably have a wheel gun, right? Um, they're, they're just the basic ones. If you do all those, then... Uh, 
you're, you're doing pretty good. And I did videos on IGTV on my personal uh, mm-hmm. Instagram. It's uh, mike.a.glover. But just go to IGTV because I've done a whole bunch of safety stuff when this started happening. Yeah. I don't want people to who are getting new into firearms to understand how to do that. Yeah, and it's so, super important now, especially with all these new gun owners. Some interesting uh, stuff that I've read on statistics is, you know, uh, young little children are very susceptible in uh, catastrophes of dying, right? You know, natural man-made disasters, they often die. And that's because even though they might be uh, rational in some ways, they don't have a lot of experience and they often make the wrong choice because mm-hmm. they don't have training. Well, they don't have that mental modeling of I, I've seen bad stuff happen before and I, 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 I'm kind of mentally prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah, and inherently that that's the problem is they might reference a solution, but it's a wrong solution. Yeah. So it, what what we always do in when we're training um, you is to have you prepare, be prepared to give them an understanding. You should be training them, but an understanding that when you are telling them to do something under stress uh, in a bad situation, they're not to lull, they're not to analyze, they're to execute, to yeah. do exactly what you tell mm-hmm. them. And then you have to have that mental model yeah. and also that script prepared of what you're going to do with them, giving mm-hmm. them clear guidance. Like, that's that's exactly why we do battle drills in the infantry, right? In an SF. There are mental models of a, uh, uh, a reaction to enemy contact without thinking. Yeah. It's something you do. And I'm going yeah. up in two weeks to train some Air Force TACPs on infantry tactics uh, for a couple of days. We're going to do like immediate you know, action, immediate break action drills, break yeah. contact, react to contact, squad attack, raid, ambush, uh, CQB, stuff like that. But those battle drills are ingrained in us in the, in the infantry and it's off as well. So when something happens, you immediately kick it off and you've rehearsed it a, a thousand times. So there's no decision process right there at all. You just kick straight into it. That's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same exactly. It's to minimize... One is efficiency and mm-hmm. it's to minimize time, but also to not um, overanalyze when you need the time to be able to react and not think. Yes. Right? So, yep. you know, it's it's all about efficiency, especially that immediate action. You need to be prepared to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, that we, we, we talk about the mental modeling often, often because it, it, it starts at the model in your ma- mind, but mm-hmm. it's also a conversation you could have with your family at the dinner table, yeah. which is the Q&A session. It's so interesting to me to do this more often in classes and ask people, hey, what would you do in this circumstance? And they have no solution, yeah. right? They, even the most basic things. So imagine you're sitting at your dinner table and you say, honey, what would you do if somebody kicked in the front door? Well, you, there is no right answer. The answer is what's the most efficient and effective based off your house based off the people who live in your house based off the guns or the uh, the things you have to protect yourself but even just communicating through those problems and identifying solutions mm-hmm. which is course of action development it is yeah. leads you to a point where now you could plan yeah that efficiency well, something, and right something just as simple as hey we're in the kitchen and somebody kicks in the door the gun is locked in the safe in the bedroom okay well maybe we need to move a gun out here and have it have it sitting in one of those real quick uh, gun safes where you hit four buttons and it pops out so the kids can't get a hold of it. But even something as simply having that that conversation at the dinner table may completely change the way you do things. Yes, absolutely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't we don't do a lot of combatives. We've offered combatives in different forms and functions. Um, but look, when I talk, when I think about combatives, if you are defending your life with your hands um, and you're that close of proximity to threats. 
Um, that's one thing. But this thing, which is you are driving, you're walking, and then you are masked at, with potential violence, um, that that sh- you shouldn't be using, you shouldn't be tangling yourself up with one person that's surrounded by 10. No. No. You should be breaking contact. Absolutely. Yeah. And doing everything you can to avoid that confrontation, yeah. especially if you don't have a firearm. Yep. Right? And yep. then, like we talked to the rules of engagement, that's super important. Mobility, as we teach it, which is overland training component of, of Philcraft, is super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a podcast with uh, Lee Zolodek a long time ago, but Lee is going to head up our mobility side of our, our, uh, our company. But w- when we talk about mobility your access to your transportation platform and that capability of that uh, platform are so critical yeah. in your survival. Mm-hmm. Like it, let, let's say, you know, I did this video the other day on IGTV and everybody's like, what should we do? Like I'm in LA, what do I need to do? Well, you need to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to figure out you're out. And it doesn't have to be bugging out. I mean, bug out forever. I mean, like if you're in a bad community that's doing bad things politically yeah. and to the the people, and it's going to get more divisive, leave. Yeah, leave. Pick take, up and move. Take a pay cut if you have to. Yeah, go go somewhere safer. Um, we're we're expanding mobility now. We're we're going to. It's going to be overland training plus defensive driving. So both really, really, really important. And and uh, I I heard you say this a long time ago on a podcast, and it stayed with me. If you're in a car right now, look at your gas tank. And if you, however many miles you have left, that's your bug out platform right there. Because if things go really bad, you're probably not going to be able to get gas and you got to move. So how far can you get right now? Yeah. You like know? look at your tank if yeah. you listen to this in a, yeah. in a, in a store. Or yeah. I'm sorry, in your, uh, in a store. In your car. <laughs> in your yeah. car. Yeah. Um, so people, people in um, LA, New York, uh, Minneapolis that are in bad cities with bad uh, mayors, bad chief of police, what what would you have them do to prepare right now if they can't leave completely? Because oh. not everybody can. Yeah. Well, like you said, I think the, the first step is security, mm-hmm. right? We look at security when we assess um, infrastructure as physical security. You know, we talked about this a long time ago, but the start point is uh, the your castle and the wall around your castle, mm-hmm. right? The, what we talk about in that wall is it reduces um, the speed in which people can get into your house. Yep. So you you have a gate, you have a wall, you have a door, you have a, a rod iron door in front of your door, you have a deadbolt, you have another deadbolt, you have a chain. So all these means of reinforcing the physical structure of your fortress, of your house, are super important. Physical, mm-hmm. physical security does not just mean a person standing with a gun. If you're in your house and you have a gun, you are the last defense yeah. to many other elements that are going to reduce the chances to come. So, you know, I'm a big technical security guy. I often think about uh, trip sensors, which are motion devices, which sense motion through light and can detect movement and then that alerts you to a text on your phone. Mm-hmm. And these, these and these things on Amazon are like a couple bucks. They're cheap, right? They're and, cheap. and you can yeah. get it tethered to your phone and identify, hey, somebody has just activated, mm-hmm. um, you know, gate one, and now you have the up and up to where you can be in a position to defend yourself, as opposed to being in your bed when somebody's standing over it. Right. right? And but let, let's be honest, all those mechanisms are, are going to slow people down. They're not going to stop a mob. 
Yeah. They're going to get through it. I'm not a fan of safe rooms and houses because when they burn your house down, it's not safe. Well, that happened in Benghazi, right? It did. Yeah. I I was a a big player in developing tactics with uh, the Joint Task Force with all these embassies that were coming in talking Mm -hmm. to us as crisis response experts where they were saying, hey, how do we mitigate the risk if we're establishing safe house and then every and then these guys are just burning tires. Yeah, and the State and Department don't think that way. They're 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 leaf eaters, right? State, people in the State Department have their eyes on the side of their head to look out for danger, right? They're 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 leaf eaters, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine. they do. They have their eyes on the side uh, of their head yeah. to, look, to look for danger, right? Like the cow eye. Yeah, the cow, right? <laughs> so I I was in Kuwait with my team when Benghazi happened, and a week before Benghazi, the a one star general, um. My guys had built rapport. I just came in. It wasn't me. I had a cell. I, I had a couple of cells in different places. But uh, Stevie was the cellar, and Stevie built rapport with the people at the embassy. And there was a general there who wanted Stevie and the guys to come in and look at the security of the embassy. And the State Department shut it down. They were like, "We what? Have, we, we have yeah, we have a safe room." And I remember at the time going, "What? What good is that going to do if you burn that? Burn the building down?" And no shit. Like three or four days later. Benghazi happened, but the, the the State Department don't think that way. They're 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 um, they believe in the inherent goodness of human beings, which is a flawed when philosophy. When you see the evil in human beings throughout <laughs> yeah, the world, yeah, and yeah. you've confronted them, yeah, um, people say there's good and bad everywhere. There's bad everywhere. I don't know about good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's like that objective we hit in uh, Iraq a, a long time ago, where Vinny was killed. I, you know, if you think about that structure and physical security, they had a. Uh, they had a, um, uh, a, a situation where we tipped off their early warning. The early warning was a checkpoint way in advance of mm-hmm. where they were. So they're tipped off, right? So that early warning, and I'm thinking this from a bad guy's perspective and looking at how we confronted physical security. But you have an early warning means. That early warning just gets you set up for success, yep. meaning it gives you the advantage offensively. And there's nothing reactive about it. It's all a deliberate, proactive attempt at mitigating risk. Yeah. So They now, opened fire on us too, so, which is probably a, 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 an attempt to slow us down. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, then you, so then you think of that layering. And when you get the sense sensor kicked off, when you get the visual PID or positive uh, positive identification of somebody crossing over into your yard, for example, that that in itself, like you talked about the property, that in itself is intent, yeah. and it's more likely malice. Mm-hmm. I mean, a guy who looks looks scary, you know, uh, and he crosses your fence line, and he's walking across to your front door. And he's not in a FedEx, USPS, or UPS uniform is more likely somebody to do you harm. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't mean you kill him. That means you stand in a position where now you're armed and you're ready to respond to that threat. Mm-hmm. And um, like I went for years, and I still don't do this. If somebody knocks on my door, uh, depending where I'm at, I live in a very rural uh, environment, and that's purposely. Like I don't like living anywhere in the city, in the suburbs, in an apartment with no neighbors. I, I'm away from people, and the reason I am is because I'm intentionally setting myself off the grid. Where if somebody does come to me, there is more likely a malice intent. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you on my front steps knocking on my door? Yeah. Why did you go through the gate? to get to the point you're at. Yeah. And I went for years answering every single door that somebody knocked on or somebody rang with a gun. Yeah. Because I'm because I don't know if you know this, but uh, you, you should get people should know this. 
one of the best ways to break into somebody's house is get situational awareness by building a pattern of life. And one of those ways is doing a reconnaissance. And it's knocking on your door to see if anybody's home. And then as an opportunist, they'll just kick in your door. Or they'll assess who is the people that lives in there. Hey, my name is blah, blah, blah. I'm selling this. Is your husband around? Oh, no, my husband's deployed. Okay, oh, that's nice. Well, we, we're, we're going around. Oh, I'm not interested. Okay, well, mm-hmm. if you're around uh, tomorrow, I can come by. Oh, I'm not going around. I'm going out of town. Well, I, in that small glimpse, yeah. I just answered all the things I needed to do to break in your shit. Mm-hmm. Well, people do that. Yeah. And so um, create as many barriers as you can to mitigate risk. I'm a big proponent of a dog. Yeah. Right? A dog is an early warning device. Mm-hmm. Pearl is not just a service dog to me. She is my early warning device. One, mm-hmm. I'm deaf, right? So I can't, I can't hear anything. But two, if, if, I'm, if uh, Pearl's in my front yard and she barks, I can tell by the way she barks yeah. uh, and, and, the, and, and the sound of her bark like somebody is yelling as my friend. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Mike, that, well, that's not alarming. Uh, that's a standard bark. But hey, 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 Mike, 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 I need to help. That is aggressive bark, and I'm running towards the door to find out what's going on, and I know the differences between both of those. Yeah, I, the, other, the other thing people do, which is stupid, they put uh, too much information on social media, right? They'll put about stuff- About the personal lives. About their personal lives. Hey, we're going down to the beach for five days, and, and previously they've posted their address because they've checked in at their house or whatever the fuck they do, on right? On Facebook, it's they like, They put way in. too much. Here, here's a really good and interesting thing. Like five or six or seven years ago, whatever it was, when- um, uh, Hamas were launching rockets into Israel from Lebanon. They were monitoring social media and people were getting on there saying, oh, a rocket landed just uh, near my house. It landed south of Tel Aviv. And they were adjusting fire based on posts on social media to adjust their rockets. They, they, had, they had forward observers in Tel Aviv and they were adjusting fire based off what people put on Facebook. Wow. Which is, Yeah. It's crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the world in which we live now, I've noticed that the frequency of you on social media is insane. Like, you can't go around anymore without... Stop. <laughs> I'm going to start tracking your uh, your time. Stop. Um, I, I think we did an 18-hour drive yesterday, and you talked to me like once, man. You're like, what's up, man? You want I'm a monster? Bored. I'm bored with you. <laughs> man, that drive was brutal. It was awful. Yeah, it was uh, The experience was cool. South Carolina was fun. Sawmill, mm-hmm. shout out to Sawmill, and, and we had a great time. Mm-hmm. But man, I am exhausted. Man. Yeah, I'm driving, driving really smokes you, right? Yeah. And you're sitting on your ass, but it, it, it does. And, and, and when you insisted on driving because you're a control freak, so. I know, so <laughs> So when you, when, you, when you laid down at night, you just saw the road passing by, right? And you couldn't turn it off. But, I couldn't. Um, yeah, I mean, strange times we're living in, man, but uh, you, you got to look at your personal security. Things, things are happening now that a year ago, nobody would have predicted, right? Defunding the police, really? What kind of lunatic thinks that's a good idea? And and if you're if like like I said, I'm not right wing by any chance, right? I'm conservative, but if you're you know you you're a loyal Democrat supporter and you're looking at the Democrat Party now and you think defunding the police is a good idea, go ahead, have at it, vote for Joe Biden. You know, insane. But it, it, most I, I I have to believe that most intelligent Americans believe that defunding the police is a terrible idea and they need more money. They need more training, right? And maybe 
Like we constantly train. Like you look at our careers, right? It's not like we went through special operations training and then we just went to war, right? And we went to war and went to war and Some went to war. Some people think that. We trained, trained. Even when we were in war, we trained. Even when we were downrange for six months, every time we didn't have a mission, we trained. We trained CQB. We trained driving. We trained. We cross-trained. Cops train. They don't train they at all. They never train. Yeah, they never train. They qualify once or twice a year or whatever the requirement is. And it's very basic. But- that mentality maybe that, that we had where we were constantly training because we, we had to be so good at so many things that you couldn't put it down. You, you had to, they're perishable skills, right? So you, you had to be constantly, but if you cut their budget, they're not going to, number one, good people are not going to join. You've vilified them right now and good people are not going to join. So they're not going to, the recruiting is going to take a massive hit. So they're going to lower the, lower the, the, the intelligence requirements, the physical fitness requirements. The and they're shooting. pretty high. I, th the, I think the, most police departments. That yeah, we were, some are, are better high. than others, right? Yeah. But you're going to lower all those standards to get people to come in and you're going to get freaking not the, the best and brightest that, that are going to come in and be police officers. So it's going to get worse. So I, I, I look at things that say defund the police and I, I, I think to myself, these people have to be um, deliberately trying to destroy America. I, I, I think that's that's absolutely what's going on right now in, in some segments. Some, a lot of people are just sheep, right? They're just sheep that go along with the crowd because they think it's cool or whatever. But when the smoke clears, a lot of those sheep are going to be victims of crime yes. um, because they're, they're, they're dumbass freaking uh, children who've been brainwashed in college. And when the, when the music stops playing, you're going to be the one without a chair. So yeah. be careful what you wish for. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, man. It's going to be insane. All right, man. Well, we did it. We did the Tactical Review podcast. A lot of opinions, um, um, but I'm excited about um, the future of Philcraft. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we're doing is a big, huge growth and expansion thanks yeah. to um, uh, strategic partners of ours. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but just know a lot of products are coming, mm -hmm. a lot more consistent content, um, and just in this day and age, more training, more, um, uh, you know, tactics and tools to put in your back pocket to be better prepared. Yep. You know, I, you know, one thing I want to advocate for um, in this world of preparedness is to get more women involved, yeah. more families involved. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll do our part to make sure we manage that. But, you know, having a couple of women on the range in South Carolina is, is an indication of it's getting through. Yeah. And, you know, most people... Uh, who talk to us who are women, they don't haven't trained with us before because they were nervous because they were intimidated by us mm -hmm. or they didn't they weren't sure what to expect. Yeah. Uh, but I would encourage if there are any uh, women listeners or family families or men who have women in their lives, uh, when you come, think about your spouse, think about your friends, and uh, the more women we can get in the fold, I think the better off we'll be because this is not. Um, you know, disasters are equal opportunists. It doesn't care what gender you are. We need to get as many people as involved as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, the, uh, the the long gun, for example, we did one day of training where people were like, oh my God, my mind is blown. But then the second day when you get to a player on the range, everybody in that class was hitting targets at 1,400 meters. Yes. There was a kid there with a, he wasn't a kid, he was an adult, but he had a 6.5 gas gun or a 3.08 gas gun. And he had a one to eight power, so an eight power optic on it. 
and he hit like 1,400 meters three times in a row. So one of the fluke. So if you apply the principles we teach you in the class, it's a building block. You can go out there and apply it on the range and you'll figure out it's really not that difficult, right? But you got, you got to get up there. You got to put your hand up. You got to go sign up and uh, I guarantee you, you you'll, you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised when you walk away from some training. And, and we're doing, like in South Carolina, we're doing uh, gunfighter pistol, gunfighter carbine, long-range carbine, long-range marksmanship, defensive driving, medical training, um, everyday carry, concealed carry, uh, that, 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 what I miss, night, uh, low light, no light. So we cram a lot of courses into that. So if you go on our website, you'll see, and um, th- there's a course there for you to start off. Yeah, that's a good way to end it. Okay. Kevin Owens. Mike Lover. Shukran Habibi. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Until next time. Stay alert. Stay alive. Uh, I, I, I was sleeping on that, man. You I, were. Too much of it. Until next time. Stay alert. Stay alive. All right, here we go.